Are listening to Booze, Bullshit, and True Crime. I'm Bree. I'm Wade. And we're going to talk about some gnarly shit. Some gnarly family shit. Yes. It all runs in the family. Murder runs in the family, right? I suppose so. I know this is really morbid, but we just celebrated Thanksgiving. And, and that's where all this stemmed from. That's I'm all sure all of us have gotten enough of our fucking families, and they're crazy. So these stories are supposed to make you feel better, because trust me, there's families out there that are fucking crazier than yours. By the way, we actually have to watch our cussing, because we had a listener say that we cussed way too much. So all I have to say is fuck that fucking shit. I cuss like a fucking sailor. Fuck you, you fucking fuck. Exactly, you dumb fuck. Who says fuck too many times? That word it's is... It's a great word. It's literally. an adjective. It's a noun. You can so do whatever with it. So fuck you and... <laughs> and your mom. Is a whore. <laughs> your mom's a whore. Uh, yeah. We're horrible podcasters, but... Nobody listens to this shit anyway, so why did fuck. you take the time to yeah. go on iTunes and write a shitty review? Right? Your life must be shitty. It really must be Because you're trolling iTunes. Oh, I bet it's somebody that I know. Oh, probably. It's 100% somebody it's I know. It's Scotty. Scotty doesn't know! We already did Scott <laughs> Peterson, though. But I actually... You're an idiot. <laughs> SFC. Oh. <laughs> Nobody's gonna understand that. No. But him. I bet you he listens. He does not fucking listen to our shit. I looked up the handle, though, because I went on iTunes the other day... <laughs> I don't remember what I was doing. What was I doing? Oh, my aunt wanted to listen to the podcast. So, Aunt Karen, if you're listening, what's up, girl? But I went on iTunes on her phone because we're Android users. So I never, I don't really look at the reviews. All of them have been five stars. So everybody out there that gave us five stars, you're the rock star. Go you. But there was a review left on Wednesday, and the header was terrible podcast. And basically... <laughs> I think it was a lady, I think Carrie was in the handle, but she was like, they're so fucking stupid, they insert every word they don't know with fuck, they're stupid, they're stupid, and I just kind of sat there for a second, and I was like, who the fuck is this, clicked on the handle, ghost account. So somebody made that account to drop that comment, and it made me Damn. laugh, and it made my day, so thank We're you. We're that popular, though, We're huh? not that popular, our well, numbers she back to differ. catfished our podcast. She did catfish our podcast. I guess we need to call Neve. Neve? Max? No, he's not there anymore. <laughs> fuck it, I don't want him. Okay. Remember so, that one episode in what? Catfish when it was literally that thing? That one episode. There's so many fucking The episodes. guy that wanted to meet uh, Max. No. I remember the guy that wanted to be with Katy Perry. Oh. Anyways, just we're wanted way to meet off Max. course here. Yeah, he just wanted to meet Max. So he made up this whole story and got his friends involved just so they could meet Max. And Max wasn't even there. That's fucking stupid. Waste yeah, that's right. Fucking, fucking stupid. Fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. Fucking stupid. Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Carrie. It's so close to Karen. What happened this week? We got sick. Thank you. <coughs> yeah, thanks, Mother Nature. I mean, you got me sick. So. Mother Nature got me sick. Okay. I mean, how else did that? I just randomly got sick. That's why we sound so sniffly. It's all Wade's fault. Sorry. It's Bree's fault. It is cold as a witch's tit, 
where we're working right now. Yeah. It rained so hard that even though I was in full rain gear, rain dripped down my sleeve into my sweater. So both arms of my sweater were so wet that I literally had to wring them out three different times today. So how was your day? A lot of driving. <laughs> Fuck you. A lot of driving in the rain in my nice warm cab. There was times, though, that I had to roll the windows down when to it was smoke raining. smoke a cigarette? No. I had to turn the heater off and roll the windows oh. down because I got so hot. Oh, I was sweating. Oh, man. And so I kept who's going to be doing field reviews tomorrow? Bray. Wade is. <laughs> Bray is. Wade is. Uh, I'm your supervisor, so no. Technically. <laughs> I'm fucking the supervisor, guys. You've, you've played that card too many times already. Technically, I can get whatever I want now, right? <clears throat> No, because I can't get anything for you, so... Fair. <laughs> Fucking fair. Okay, if you want to fight Hello, for upper it. management, are you there? <laughs> Who are you, peasant? <laughs> Quit knocking on the door. What else happened this week? We had Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving. And it was glorious, because Nicole is listening. Your stepsister, or sister-in-law was not there. And Jesse made a hard dig at her, and I almost spit my food out. Damn, if she listens to this. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, but we just threw Jesse under the bus. I don't think Jesse gives a fuck. We're sitting at the dinner table, okay? <laughs> and we're all having a discussion. And I don't remember how it came up, but somebody was playfully saying, like, oh, I'll sick my big ass sister on you, which Jesse is his sister, and she's very small. Their sister-in-law is Nicole, who is not very small, and Jesse just speaks up and goes, my name's not Nicole, and I'm the only one sitting there laughing like a doofus, and Wade's mom is giving me a stare like she wants to kill me. I, I don't think mom got it at first. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Until I said my bigger sister-in-law, and mom laughed. I'm sorry, this is my podcast, she's mean. You're mean, Nicole. Uh, she is mean, <laughs> and she talks shit to everybody that we know. About us. About us, and I'm like... You do know that people do like And us. those are our friends, not yours. Yeah. It's your coworker. So she wasn't there, so it was fine. We ate lots of food. I drank a few mimosas. And we didn't have any screaming children. No screaming fucking unpleasant children that don't know how to behave. That was the best part. Yeah. They're well behaved at Papa and Gigi's Oh, house. I'm sure. I'm sure they are. What else? We basically much it. sat around for the rest of the week. Oh, it was great. It was great. <laughs> Even though I was sick, it was still great. We hike for a living. I want my feet up when I'm off work. Yep. Are you ready to do this? Uh, I feel like we're missing something. I do, too. I don't think we're missing anything. I think we're good. I think you should go first. I should go first? Yeah. Why should I go first? I guess I'll go first because my shit's always small. <laughs> That's what she said. Sorry. Dun dun dun. dun, dun, dun. Kind of symbols do you have? Kind of symbols do I have? Yeah. Great symbols. Okay. That's all your notes. <laughs> yeah. You suck. Well, I I literally had every single victim, and it was ten, and it went through all of their like crimes and what they did great it's a true crime podcast exactly but it literally was like six thousand words it was like 12 I. pages e. wait is lazy 
Yeah, but I created it all and then deleted them all. This shit is literally half a page, y'all. So let's strap in and listen for five minutes. Ouch. Linwood Earl. Why don't you read my notes for me, That's a name? Three brothers who rip... Oh, they went away. (laughs) (laughs) There. Why don't you read it? No. This is supposed to be a family. Is it only brothers? Yes, but I felt it was still good because of, like, the background that they had. And it was kind of weird because I'm going to go... I'm just going to kind of freeball this one. I have notes in front of me, but I'm just going to randomly say shit about Learn them. me. So, the three brothers were uh, Linwood, Earl, James, and Anthony. Burl, uh, Briley? Yep. Wow. And their father was quite a frightening man, evidently. <laughs> okay. Like, these three boys were like, they feared him. Like, feared him. And I, to what I was reading was like, I think the dad really feared them, so he was using intimidation and violence to, like, discipline them. Because he was not, afraid of them? Yes. Their dad used to padlock his bedroom door from the inside while he slept oh, at night. Oh, that's not safe. Wait, and antidote, sorry. Let me say. So You were already going to say it. I know. My aunt, again, hi Aunt Karen, my dad told me <laughs> when they were all kids that she would like leave her room at night and my grandma found her on top of the refrigerator one night, like on the very top. So she walked out and Karen's small and she's on top of the refrigerator and my grandma's like, what the fuck, you're going to die. So she started locking her in the bedroom yeah. At night. Yeah, I feel like that's a bad call. Yeah. Yeah. Aunt Karen, you should verify that story with me because I heard it from Grandma and Dad. I don't remember each, but if they did that, that's fucked up, which I'm pretty sure why, they did. Why did you go on the refrigerator, Karen? It was something to crawl on. Also, her brothers tied her to a tree and left her there for hours, and then her their parents showed up. Oh, I did that Karen. to a neighborhood kid. You can't tie people to trees. We stood them up on a bicycle. And saran wrapped him to a power pole. That's worse. And then moved the bicycle to where he was like suspended. He could in suffocate. No, oh, it's fine. It's not like we left him. Okay, they left her. Oh, they I mean, just we left did, her tied to a tree we and did went leave, back inside. We did leave him, but we also were like playing in the park, and the power pole was like right at the park. Don't tie people to trees. Proceed. It was quite funny. Anyway, so he used to lock his uh, door from the inside while he slept. And the mother, when the boys got a little bit older... Technically, it's from the outside. No. Yeah, the outside of the room. They locked them in, right? No. The dad would deadbolt his bedroom door closed at night. His own bedroom door closed. Okay, that's less dangerous, but scary. Okay. Right? Like, it's either like he's afraid of the kids, and he thinks that they're going to come in at night and kill him. Or he's got drugs. Or he's got shit in the room that he doesn't want the kids to get to because... He knows they're crazy. Fair. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, I I just don't know, but there are also reports that he was, like, super violent to them and, like, really mean. Yeah, fuck that guy. So the mom moved out and just, that that was it. Literally all the notes said was the mom moved out. She probably just dipped and got the fuck out of that situation. Good for her. And how do you say her name? Bertha? Wait, what? That is definitely Bertha, yeah. Bertha Briley. Bertha Briley, big Bertha. Big mama. Big mama? Yeah, anyways, she seemed like a pretty 
legit person, even though all the research just said that she left the house. I that think that it. makes her pretty legit. I think so, too. Tell me about some Moida. So, the brothers plus another accomplice were actually responsible for a killing spree that took place in 79, 1979. And, uh, I, hold on. <laughs> I lost my place. I was itching my 1979. eye. 1979? Yeah. So, Linwood, the oldest brother, uh... Was 30 when he died. Who? Himself? When Himself, he died? yeah, okay. when he died. His first kill was at the age 16 when he shot an elderly neighbor who happened to be outdoors and within range of his bedroom window. Come on, and I read about these guys. I remember yeah. it now. This is awful. Uh, Orline Christina? Or Orline Christian? No. That word is Christian. That uh, word that's, is not that's Christina. Cr- that's Christian. And that's how religious we are. Yeah. Christina? Christina? <laughs> Anyways, was hanging la- uh, laundry on a clothesline when Lindwood shot her. Oh. The crime actually almost went unidentified, but her relatives noticed a small bloody mark under her armpit at the viewing and asked the funeral director to re-examine the body. Okay. So, standing in... Uh, Christina's backyard. Thank you. Standing in Christina's backyard, <laughs> a, detec- a detective, which I cannot find out his name. Oh, wait, she's a name. victim. We have to say her name correctly. Yeah, Christina. Christian's. Oh, <laughs> oh my, my God. Christian's backyard. We are awful. We are horrible people. I'm so sorry. Christian's backyard. There you go. A detective actually used a sheet of plywood to represent her body with a hole cut out to represent the bullet wound. He determined the bullet came from Briler's residence. There, the murder weapon was found, and Linwood admitted to the crimes, and he actually said, I heard she had heart problems. She wouldn't have lasted very long anyways. Oh, Or she would have died sooner God. anyways. Yeah, and he only served one year in a reformed school. He was 16? For the crimes, yes. But... They could still trial them as an adult. He sh- they should have. All right. So a few, few years later... Him and his two brothers, plus the fourth accomplice, uh, Duncan Meeks, Meekins, began the brutal robbery, rape, and killing spree, attacking random victims with cruel methods, including crushing a teenager's skull in with a cinder block. Oh. Yeah. And I mean, they're random. It was in one day or over a period no, of No, over a period of seven months. And it claimed about ten lives. Oh, you just said that. Yeah, including several older elderly people and a pregnant woman and her five-year-old son. What the fuck? So two victims were actually doused in gas and set ablaze, but they managed to survive. How? They stopped, dropped, and rolled up. No. I'm assuming that's the only way I can think of. Holy shit, okay. Yeah. And I mean, these things were, they were, they were random as fuck. Like, they had no motive. No. No, they one of them, they just, people. yeah, one of them, they just followed an elderly nurse, she was like a private nurse, personal nurse, home to her apartment in Richmond, which, this is where all the crimes were committed, it was Richmond, Virginia. Okay. And just committed, you know, burglary, rape, and murder. Wow. Just randomly. Okay. A yeah. pregnant woman and her five-year-old son. Not that that's any worse mm-hmm. than any of the other victims, but like, holy shit, that's three people all at once. And two are very, very teeny, tiny, little. Yeah. And Linwood actually had gone up to one person's house, knocked on the door, and said that he was having car problems. 
and asked to use his telephone, and then he went inside, they killed him. Oh, my God. I think, actually, that one was actually when they uh, tried to burn the people alive. Now, I know I'm a horrible person, but I'm a smart person. Because if anybody comes to my door that I don't know and I'm home alone, I act like I'm not home. If yeah. anybody stops me and tries to take me into a corner and asks to use my phone, I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that I'm a mean person, but this shit happens. It does. Yeah. Okay. It's bad. And then, uh, so, Meekins actually was offered a plea deal during the interrogations in return for turning state evidence against the Brileys. So he took the offer and provided a full, detailed, like, ad- admission. Uh, yeah, thank you, of the crime spree. As a result, he escaped the death penalty and was incarcerated at the Virginia prison away from the Briley brothers. Okay. Under the agreement, Meekins was given a life sentence plus 80 years. Okay. Which at that time, or at the time of the conviction, would make him eligible for parole after serving about 12 to 15 years. How does that work? Right? That's just eligible for parole. That... How Doesn't often mean. do people get out when they're eligible for parole? Uh, if we're talking like not a murder case, if we're talking like a drug charge or something like that. Pretty big if you have good time. So if you don't get in trouble, basically. Yeah, you do. 85% of your time. You don't have a lot of shots. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of Orange is the New Black. Yeah. Didn't we talk about the prison lighter incident in the Beijing yeah. fucking bathroom last week? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the Briler brothers actually made further headlines in 1984 when they led a group of six inmates to a dramatic escape from death row. Oh, good. They were recaptured 19 days later. Damn, that's a hot minute. That was a pretty long time, almost yeah. a month. The, no the, more info on that. No. God damn it. The child, uh, the Briley's <laughs> childhood home became a news item. The developer who actually purchased the fixer-upper from the father quickly put the home on the market after realizing whose house it was. Like, trying to make more money because of yeah. this? Nobody yep. wants that shit. Uh, evidently somebody did. Wow. Yep. And, like I said, the father actually locked the bedroom door with the padlock overnight while he slept. Which I always, I, I thought that was, like, the oddest thing. That is odd. Yeah, because I could never, I couldn't really pinpoint, like, specific things that happened to them as children that made them, like, fear or want their father dead. It was just all conflicting, like, the dad did this, the boys were this. A power struggle type thing. Yeah, but also the other thing was, like, the two older boys, Linwood and James, a lot of the neighbors talked about how, uh, or Anthony, sorry, or not Anthony, god damn it. His first name is Linwood? Yeah, that Linwood, sounds like a prison. Earl, and James. So Linwood and James are the oldest. Anthony is the youngest. And Linwood and James were actually described by neighbors as, like, the polite, nice boys that would help you fix their car or mow their lawn for them or help with the groceries, stuff like that. Okay. And Anthony was just young and awkward. Me. Pretty much. I didn't kill people, but me. Yeah, he didn't kill anybody. No. So, that's the Briler brothers. Briley. Briley brothers, sorry. And, I mean, a lot of it, the research was about the cases and what they had done, but, 
at the same time, those were like, I, I didn't really want to read about them, to be completely honest with you. They were really random. But And bad. That's part of this. I get that, but I didn't want to read about, I didn't want to read about them. I didn't want to talk about their stories. You're a pussy. Yeah, pretty much. Just like uh, how to kill that chicken. You gotta tell their stories. You didn't huh? even say their names. I didn't want to. That's why I didn't want to say their names and have to say their stories. I gave one. So the were first they one. all just shot? No. They were beaten to death, raped, or just burglaries. Or all three. I need raped, more information. Raped, burgled, and robbed. Burgled. Or killed. Well, that sucks. But yeah, it was a full... Seven months, and the investigation took forever for them to figure out who it was, because like I said, they were so random. It was right. They had no M.O. No, they really didn't. They were just driving around killing people. Yep, and I believe that the boys got caught for one thing, and the only reason why they got caught for everything was because of Meekin's confession. Well, good. That's what you get. Yeah, he pretty much snapped and told them everything. I don't blame him. Good for you, Meekins. I think he's still alive, too. Everybody else is dead. Everybody else was executed, or, you know, electric chair. Damn, and Callie, if you get on death row, you sit there for a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. I'm so the, happy we have you blowing your nose on audio. Yeah. I can't help it. If I can't breathe, I die. I can't breathe. You can breathe out of your mouth. <sighs> oh, my God. All yeah. right. Oh, and the two older brothers were killed within months of each other. And then Anthony was killed like six, seven, eight years later. That's weird. Mm-hmm. So they're like, I think it was like six or no, 79. So I think it was 83. And then the younger brother was killed in, I think, like 70-something. Yeah. I mean, 70-something. Like 90-something, oh. Still got to it fairly quick. Yeah, it was very quick. By the way, uh -oh. I'm drinking Apothic Red Crush wine today. Wade has some whiskey he hasn't sipped on. Put your mixer in it. No. It is a fresh and spicy ginger refreshing lime. And it looks like dirt. It looks like Millerton Lake water. <laughs> <laughs> looks like Bass Lake water. Yeah, fuck Bass Lake. YLP water. Fuck YLP. We had to put a $7,000 purification in our home water system because there was too much arsenic in our water. Along with other nasty things. Arsenic there. is what I was worried about. Well, yeah, I'll put it. Okay. We would have lived. Wade already knows the story that I'm doing because he knows me too well and was asking me questions, and I gave it up. But this... The bloody blenders. The bloody blenders. Good job. <laughs> the bloody benders. Oh, <laughs> bloody benders. There we go. No, blenders. That's not the name. <laughs> One of my podcasts that I listen to all the time, Morbid, a true crime podcast. Go check them out if you like morbid, our shit. Morbid, morbid, morbid. morbid, mini morbid, mini morbid. Um, yeah, go check them out because they're awesome. They did an episode on the Bloody Benders, and it got me interested in the case because I had never really heard that much about it. Like, I had heard about it, but not all the crazy weird details they put in. So I did my own research, put my own spin on things, and that's going to be my case this week. So, you ready for a little history lesson here? Sure, I already know the story. How do you know? 
Did you do your case on that? No. But I got really into okay. reading about them. <laughs> They're so interesting So I couldn't stop. And especially when I realized that there was a monument. You suck. You ruined Kent. this whole thing. Why? Because now you're not going to have an authentic reaction. Okay, history I'm not time. Have authentic reaction. Drunk history time. Oh man. Let me take another swig of wine first. You should probably hurry up. It's already eight o'clock. We have work tomorrow. Shut the fuck up. All right. Shortly after the ending of the Civil War, the United States government took the Osage Indians' lands in Labette County of Southeast Kansas and forcefully relocated them to a quote new Indian territory in Oklahoma. Humans are trash. I really don't have enough time in this episode to get into the history behind this event specifically, but just know it's awful, and these people were not treated like people. Their land was stolen out from under them, and they were corralled like animals. It was really bad. So that happened. The new, and this is air quotes, vacated land was then, I love that this is right after Thanksgiving too, was then made available to homesteaders who were interested in settling in that area. Most of these homesteaders were simply hardworking pioneers who, you know, wanted a better life. In 1870, five separate families hailing from the spiritualist movement settled in western Labette County, about seven miles from where Cherryvale would be settled a year later. So if you're in Kansas, you probably know where that is, but I don't. Um, I tried to look into why all five of these families were spiritualists and if they moved together or whatnot, but I couldn't really find a whole lot of information in that, so I don't know if that was a coincidence or planned. One of the five families, the spiritualist families that moved, though, was the Bender family. The family was comprised of John Bender Sr., who was the father, his wife, Elvira. Um, in other stories, her name is notated Almira, which I think is her birth-given name, but most of the articles I researched refer to her as Elvira, so I'm just going to call her that. They also had a son, John Jr., and a daughter, Kate. The family was said to be cult-like, very secretive, had non-mainstream views and beliefs kind of kept to themselves. The family claimed 160 acres to homestead, um, and this land that they claimed was adjacent to the Great Osage Trail, and there's a lot of traffic through there in that area. The Great Osage Trail at this time was the only route in the area continuing west. So the trail took people from Independence to Fort Scott, which is a long ways. So there's a lot of travelers in and out of that area. In quick succession, the family built a one-room cabin, a barn, a corral, as well as digging a well for the property. The one-room cabin was divided into two rooms with a repurposed canvas wagon cover. So, like, the mm -hmm. thing that goes over it. The smaller room created in the back of the cabin was used by the benders as, like, living quarters. Um, the front room was converted into a business. They operated a general, so a general store of sorts. Why is that so hard? They sold some dry goods travelers could pick up along the way, like, you know, tobacco, rice, that kind of thing. The front room also bore the dining table and kitchen where travelers could stop and have a meal or even stay for the night if it was bad weather or whatever. Elvira and Kate also took the time to plant a vegetable garden on the property as well as an apple orchard. So they were pretty well self-sufficient. Yeah. They had their own funny farm. They had to. Yeah. A crude sign was hung above the cabin's front door advertising groceries. The Benders had migrated from Germany 
air quotes, that was the story, Germany, and seemingly were struggling to make a livable income. John Jr. was about, oh wait, that was supposed to be Senior. John Sr. was about 60 years old and spoke very little English. The few times that he did actually speak English, his voice was said to be so guttural and unintelligible that it was impossible to understand him. And it was the same with Elvira. Her thick, guttural accent made her impossible to understand as well. So I'm just literally imagining them being like, and everybody's looking at them like, okay. Elvira earned the nickname Ma, and that's how she is referred to in most of the writings. So I'm going to refer to her as Ma as well. It really has like the hills have eyes vibes Mm -hmm. going on. It really does. Ma fancied herself to be a medium, claiming she could speak with the dead. She was known to boil herbs and roots that she claimed could be used to cast charms or wicked spells. The other homesteaders in the area called her She-Devil. That was her nickname. Didn't she claim to be like a a prophet or something like that? No, I'm getting there. Oh, okay. She didn't, though. Her husband and son were said to fear her as she ruled her household with an iron fist. So you don't fuck with Ma. Don't fuck Ma. Don't fuck with Ma. Daughter Kate was said to be around 23 years old at the time they had settled. She was beautiful, red-haired young woman who spoke fluent English with only a slight German accent so she could actually, like, communicate with the people who came in. Mm-hmm. She was quick to be friendly with strangers, and her brother and her were accepted into the community pretty quickly. So they went to church, they went to school, people knew who they were, so they kind of, like, intrigued. It intri- I am stupid. They fit in with the community. Okay. You said that. Okay. Sorry. It's been a long day. Hey, I can't pronounce Christian and Christina. True. Yeah. I don't feel as Or Briley or Brile. Christina. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry again. Kate was a self-proclaimed... Percla- <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> she oh was proclaimed to be a woman. She was... Pe- <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Proclaimed. Kate was a self-proclaimed healer and psychic. <laughs> proclaimed. Proclaimed. She proclaimed. <laughs> <laughs> she had the ability to cure illnesses and also held seances in which she stated she could contact the dead. Not going to lie. Probably would have been Kate's friend. Not going to lie, I would definitely have been Kate's friend because she sounds crazy. She does sound crazy. You like crazy people. I do. I'm a crazy person. Well, you want crazy people on your side. True. Very Mm -hmm. true. And the the story will prove that. Mm -hmm. Kate gave lectures on spiritualism around town and found success in the lecture circuit of the time. So I guess lecture circuits were a thing back then as well. These lectures advocated ideas like free love and justification for murderers. So, things that got people riled up. Talk Around Town claimed Kate was satanic because of these ideals that she possessed. Um, Enough about the family themselves, though. Let's get into the good stuff. The murder? Murder. Murder. Upon the time of the Bender's store and inn opening, many travelers would stop in for supplies or a meal. Remember the homestead's close proximity to the Great Osage Trail. However, some of these men, who carried great sums of cash with the intention of settling land, buying livestock, or purchasing a claim, began to go missing in the area. Curiouser and curiouser. 
When the missing men's friends and family began searching for them, they could only trace them as far as the Big Hill County of southeast Kansas, and then no trace from there. They would just disappear. The first few missing travelers did not cause a ton of alarm in the area. It was kind of commonplace for people to start traveling, go off on a different path. It's not like people had cell phones or Facebook. It was a little bit different. So, at first, nobody was really paying attention. As more time passed, though, whispers were beginning. And by the spring of 1873, travelers were known to completely avoid the section of the trail altogether. Yes. Hmm. I would not go down there either. I want to go there. People talk. I want to go. People talk. You want to get murdered? Mm-hmm. Soon, neighboring communities started making slanderous accusations about the area, so the Osage Township called a meeting. The meeting was held in the Harmony Grove Schoolhouse in March of 1873. Okay, this is nuts. About 75 people gathered, including both Bendermen, John Jr. and John Sr., to see if anything could be done about the situation. The discussion started out focusing on the now 10 missing men and women and children that were last seen in the area. 10. One being a well-known physician hailing from Independence <coughs> named Dr. William York. And I will say this is where they fucked up. They killed somebody who was important, who had money, and who had people in the area looking for him. So as soon as that guy went missing, that, you know, some rich doctor went missing, so now it's a big deal. After coming to the conclusion that there was a major issue within the township, the plan moving forward was to search every single farmstead between Big Hill Creek and Drum Creek, which was the area that, you know, people lost the trail when they were looking for their friends or family. Most of the attendees then, you know, openly volunteered to have their land searched, except for one family. The two male benders sat in silence, probably shitting themselves. Yeah. As the story goes, shortly after the township meeting, the Bender's neighbor, a man named Billy Toll, noticed the Bender's Inn seemed abandoned. And I will say, in research, it said that they were supposed to go out to the property like that day or the next day, but weather didn't permit them to. And I'm like... E it's a western show, babe. So they can't take their fucking horse and... They'd get lost. They wouldn't be able to see. Why not? There's no defined roads. I mean, that's it's why, a western movie. That's babe. why these people got away. But I will continue. It's a western movie. So homeboy notices farmstead is abandoned. Homeboy. He saw homeboy. He saw the Bender's farm animals withering away like they haven't been fed. Toll reported his observations to Leroy Dick, the township trustee who formed a search party. What is a township trustee? He's just the guy that handles shit. Do you not have a sheriff? Sounds like it. I guess. Yeah, you read that side. Okay. Uh, uh, there we which go. Which one is it? This one. The search party that was congregated including doc included Dr. York's brother. So that physician from Independence that passed away, his bro was on the search party, among other men from the township. When the search party showed up to the Bender's property, they found that everything was indeed abandoned. The cabin was emptied of any food, clothing, or personal possessions. The group of men were also met by a terrible smell inside the inn. I know what it was. Can I say? Sure. Trap door. Okay, you shouldn't have said that. Why? Because I was about to say it. 
I just asked you if I could say it. Said, I sure. thought you were going to say murder. Oh. The right. murdered bodies that are underneath the floor. Okay, let like, me explain. You fucking suck. They smelled. Stop! A trapdoor. Let me tell my story. It was right next to something. <laughs> I'm literally beating the shit out of my husband. Domestic abuse. Called 911. I might already They be dead. traced the source of the nasty smell. I have researched a lot of murder and I know how to do it correctly, so be nice. Trace the source of the smell to a trap door found underneath a bed and it was nailed shut. Uh, that's conflicting because I heard that the trap door was literally right next to the table that everybody ate at in the inn. And it was underneath the rug. It was, but they had also fled and moved shit around. So initially it was under the table. Oh. When they found it, it was hidden underneath a bed. Air quotes, hidden. Hidden. Do your research. Whoa, chill the fuck out. Or what? Huh? I'll give you another fucking titty twister. Read your fucking notes. Okay. We're 40 minutes in. I don't care. Our RSS feed is going to care when we try to upload this. True. If anybody has any suggestions for a feed, hit a girl up. Okay. If anybody wants to say anything like, hi, you guys are cool, yeah. you suck, hit us up. Don't hit us up if you're just going to tell us we suck. Go fuck yourself. No, hit us up because then it just gets a review that we can look at. But it's a nasty review. Who gives a fuck? I'm the one that looks at the reviews. Don't be a dick. Okay. Okay. Trap door was nailed shut. At this time, it was underneath the motherfucking bed. What? So, of course, they pried open the trap door, only to find a small six-foot-deep room underneath. This is the nastiest part of the entire story. The room was filled, like, inches of the bottom and the sides of the walls with old, clotted blood, which was causing the odor. But there were no bodies. No bodies. Just lots of old, coagulated, nasty blood. Whoa. The search party went as far as moving the cabin over and digging up the earth underneath the cabin to locate the bodies that, you know, had spilled all of the clotted blood that they found, but to no avail. So they literally moved the cabin and dug up everything underneath it and couldn't find anything. They started poking around the entire farmstead until they found the first body, Dr. York, in a shallow depression in the Bender's vegetable garden. His skull was bludgeoned and his throat was cut from ear to ear. The digging continued on, um, and soon nine other bodies were discovered, so ten in total. One of those bodies included a little girl, like a little tiny girl. The impromptu graveyard was called Hell's Half Acre by the locals, which I thought was not only catchy, but metal as fuck. Yeah, I think there's a band that's called that too. Hell's Half Acres. We should start calling our property that. Yeah. Just because. Another of Dr. York's brothers, this one was a lawyer and a state senator living in Independence, offered a $1,000 reward for any information on the Bender's whereabouts because they had dipped the fuck out. And on May 17th, the governor added another 1000 to that reward. Now, I'm not sure what the actual, like, inflation or conversion is, but $2,000 was probably a lot of fucking money. $3.12 million. That's the number. That's how much that comes out to. <laughs> what did I say? $3.21 million. No, $3.12 A lot of money. Yes. It was lots. Obviously, word of the gruesome murders traveled fast. 
In short order, reporters as far away as New York and Chicago showed up to the site, which I guess it's just newspaper because they didn't really have any radio or TV at the time, so they're just literally showing up to write newspaper articles, which is a trip. Gruesome souvenir hunters quite literally tore the cabin apart, which I thought was fucking interesting. Even the bricks still dripping with clotted blood found in the cellar were taken. Damn. I wonder what families have shit like that still. I would take one. Whoa. Those probably got lost in history. This is 1880 we're talking about. Doubt it. True. I would pass that shit down. Oh, yeah. The Bender family story was being pieced together in this time as well. They weren't even an actual family. Seemingly the only ones that were even related to one another were Ma and Kate Bender. And, like, I read a bunch of shit, and none of this was substantiated, so I didn't really want to go into it, but that what Ma... What was that word? Substantiated? Why? I thought you said substantiated. 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 Okay, go on. Um, so Ma was actually Kate's m- mother, but they were saying that, like, Ma had been... Wait. What? Ma's the Ma. Kate's the daughter. Yeah, but you said earlier that Kate's nickname was Ma. No. Elvira, the mother's nickname, was Ma. Oh, okay. That's what I meant to say, at least. Oh, okay. But there were reports saying that she had, like, killed multiple husbands previously before this and then actually killed three of her kids because she didn't want them to speak at the trial and, what's the word, like, accuse her of murder. So I read a bunch of shit about her, but, again, nothing was, like, concrete. But it sounded like she had some shit going on before all this. Travelers that stopped at the inn for dinner would be persuaded to sit at the seat of honor at the dinner table. This seat would place the visitor at the head of the table with their back to the canvas that divided up the cabin. Once seated, Kate would then turn on her charm and garner the traveler's attention. She would flirt, she would be funny, she would make them feel comfortable. John Jr. and John Sr. would then be hiding behind the canvas divider and strike the unsuspecting traveler in the head from behind the canvas with a hammer. Kate and Ma Bender would then rifle through the traveler's pockets and belongings looking for anything they could steal of value. The body was dropped through the trap door and Kate would crawl down there and slit the traveler's throat. So that's why it was at the head of the table underneath the chair. Just open it up and drop them down there. They would then bury the body somewhere in the garden in the middle of the night. I read that already. Damn. Yeah. Suicidal. We're suicidal. What? I don't know. Suicidal? Yeah. No, they're homicidal. <laughs> homicidal. Homicidal. I can't hear myself because I'm sick. Listen to my horrible voice. Well, the g- <laughs> I'm so awkward. The vegetable garden would come to be known as one of America's first mass murder burial grounds, which I thought was fucking sick. That's crazy. One of the most fucked things about all this, though, is that little girl's body that was found that I was talking about earlier. She was the daughter of a Mr. Locker, who had also been missing from the area. His body was found in the garden as well. The little girl's body, though, was found to have multiple non-fatal injuries, so it is commonly thought that she was buried alive. The Kansas City Times reported the following. The little girl was probably eight years of age. One arm was broken, the breastbone had been driven in, the right knee had been wrenched from its socket, and the leg doubled up under the body. So really sad 
really awful. Absolutely no reason. Let her run into the night. Dr. York was actually looking for this little girl and her father when he had disappeared um, by the Bender Inn and met his demise. So he had heard about all, you know, these two people going missing. He knew them, so he went looking for them and knew they were in this area. Six other bodies were found in the garden, in addition, and one corpse was found in the well, which, that's the ring. <laughs> that's just disgusting. It's your Seven well. Seven days. Yeah, that is disgusting. You're right. Why would you put something that's going to decompose in your own well? That's a good question. Unless they just threw them down there when They don't give a fuck. Four other bodies were also found with crushed skulls and slit throats outside the property in the Drum Creek area, which was near their parcel, parcel, their property. Um, from all of these deaths, it's estimated the family only gained $4,600, two teams of horses and wagons, a pony, and a saddle. So, good job. As the Grizzly murders became more widely known, more travelers came forward with their own stories um, of their brush with death with the Bender family. Now, I'm only going to go into one because I thought it was fucking nuts. There was quite a few of them, but this one's the craziest. Mr. William Pickering refused to sit with his back to the canvas, apparently because of the gnarly-ass stains all over the canvas. Good on you, bro. Ma became so upset that she brandished a knife at him, and that's when he got the fuck out of there and ran away. Good job. No one really knows what became of the Benders. Uh, most agreed that they had simply escaped. Sightings of Ma and Kate were reported for years, and in 1889, two women from Michigan were extradited on the charges. But the case was eventually dropped due to lack of evidence. They couldn't prove that these were the people they needed. So, in conclusion, that bitches is the bloody Benders. I have a bone to pick with anybody who's listening, though. You gotta send me your stories. I want to hear them. If you ever lived in a haunted house, if you know any true crime that happened in your area, the area you grew up in, somewhere you lived, if you had anything paranormal or aliens, or you found something hidden in a wall, or what else? What do we want? You just like rocks and you want to talk. I like rocks and I like to talk. Just head us up. I don't want a story about that. Oh. I want something that I can tell on the podcast. Oh. Boozebsandtruecrime at gmail.com. Boozebsand, truecrime at gmail.com. Even if you just want to email me and say hi, I'm lonely. Say hi. Do it. Also, we have a Facebook. <laughs> you should see her face right now. It's hilarious. We have an Instagram. Right? Ye- Do we? Is it out there? Because nobody responds or likes or says hi. I don't know if we do or not, do we? Yes. Oh, okay. We do have one of those people. Both of them, actually. You share our posts. I do? Sometimes. On Facebook? Yeah. I know Facebook, but I don't do it on Instagram. Not on Instagram. Can you share oh. a post on Instagram? Man, um, we really are idiots. Carrie was right. Fuck you, Carrie. Fuck you, Carrie. And the clicky claim. <laughs> Good night. No, wait. Oh. Instagram, Facebook, booze, bullshit, and true crime. Follow us, interact, like shit, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, give us stories that we can do, help a girl out. That we can do stories? We're going to do those stories We're going to do those stories so hard. fucking hard. <laughs> All right. That you're going to jizz Jack Daniels. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.